Greg Waddell of Sleepers Media. He, oh my God, I couldn't have butchered that any harder. Do you know what? We're going to keep all this in. Greg Waddell of Sleepers Media nailed it. He joins the show to talk about Saturday's game between our Spartans and his Wolverines. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white every single day. And before letting this strapping gentleman next to me talk, hey, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Greg, uh, we are here not to you know close the chapter or to move on from everything that's happened this week. That, that's simply... Not going to happen. This is going to be a long healing process. Michigan State is going to take a while to go back to what it once was, if it ever does. However, after taking you know a, a few shows off here, we are going to try to wade our way back into normalcy any way you can. I mean, look, Saturday's game seems trivial. I think we can all agree on that, but it is a game that is happening. This could offer a distraction to many people this weekend, and here we are. We're going to prepare the game, but... Anything that you want to talk about, get off your chest before we talk a little about the vigil and what Izzo had to say as well on Wednesday night. Sure, man. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, Man, it's been a a horrible week, right? I'm sure anyone listening to this knows that. Um, And, you know, when you brought me on before any of this happened, when you hit me up about doing this, yeah, I was so excited just to talk the rivalry game, Michigan-Michigan State. Like, it's yeah. my favorite week of the year, always. Uh, we get it twice a year in basketball. And as someone who can share both sides, like, I'm a Michigan basketball fan that went to Michigan State. That makes no sense. Nope. Uh, but it, it's very <laughs> special for me every single year. And then to have this happen, I mean, anytime this is going to happen, is I, it's just heartbreaking. But, um, you know, the more that – I've resonated and kind of thought and just tried to, you know, take as much of this in and um, just think about the moment as we prepare, because I didn't think this game was for sure going to be played today. It came out that it's officially going to be played. Um, You know, one, one thought I do have is that this could be a really, really powerful moment for everybody in the state from both sides, uh, if hopefully handled correctly by all involved. And I think it will be. So um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I have never felt more in touch with the Spartan community than I have this week, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. I think all of us feel that way. Anybody that went to this university that holds it so near and dear in our heart are just here for each other and here to hurt together. Uh, and I thought, honestly, I don't know if you're going to mention, I think you're going to talk about the vigil, but I thought Tom Izzo's words last night were absolutely incredible. I've never had more respect for the man than after listening to his speech last night. So, um, yeah, man, that's sort of where I'm at with everything. I think plenty of people or plenty of people have watched the vigil from last night. Um, everywhere from you know Gretchen Whitmer spoke, some big figures at Michigan State spoke, uh, ASMSU president. Um, it, it was beautiful, but I think Tom Izzo was, of course, the figure that everyone relates Michigan State to the most, right? I mean, he's not the president, he's not the select director, but he's probably the biggest figure that this school will ever have, at least in my generation. You know, I, I don't even think that's a hot take. That seems pretty lukewarm, and he hit it 
out of the park. He spoke from the heart in a prepared statement. He even said it was prepared because this is a big moment and he wanted to say everything correctly. And he nailed it from don't be afraid to show your emotions. Okay. Laura knows that we've had no issue doing that on this show um, and many other places as well. Reached out to other Spartans. And that kind of connects to what you talk to is just how big of a community this is. And it's a horrible event uh, to, to say that, you know, you could take any light from this sounds foolish and it probably is, but if you can take any silver lining from it, it is that you're seeing how big the Spartan community really is. And it's not just big in numbers, big in alumni base, but big in care for each other, love for each other, even for people like you that root for Michigan. That's right. You over there, Greg, that's right. We're showing love to you, my man. So, but yeah, it was unbelievable. And it, it's, it sounds so corny maybe uh to people inside and outside the michigan state family and fandom but hearing gretchen whitmer or hearing the asmsu president i believe uh their name is joe kovach say go green and hear the thousands of people respond go white sends chills down your spine and almost brings a tear to your eye because that's not just a chant that you say at sporting events anymore that is almost a rally cry for togetherness in the msu community so it was everything that Izzo said it was everything that you said and it's a lot that we're feeling right now just the togetherness that is this Michigan State community. And, of course, can never talk about it without any with. I cannot feel sorry enough for everyone that was physically there, whether it's on campus, in buildings, the families of these kids as well. So it's 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 just, it's just so tough to even put words to it. But, hey, I've the vigil tried their best last night and a lot did outstanding work. So that's where I'm going to leave that unless you have any final thoughts on this. I'm sure we will have final thoughts in the next weeks or months. But for this show – episode sake any final thoughts yeah i i would just say i mean i think your your words are spot on um i i felt this even and maybe it's because i play both sides of it but i yeah. felt even it goes beyond the spartan community in in the last few days like and that's why mm -hmm. i think there's a, a chance for a really special moment in ann arbor this weekend it's like i I've heard people say that have been through this before, like you've kind of rolled your eyes when people that are totally away from the community come in and adopt the slogan or whatever, hashtag strong, whatever the community sure. is. Does that really mean anything? It does mean something. Mm -hmm. As stupid as that sounds, like we're going through this now and we aren't the first and we won't be the last, sadly, with where we are as country. Um, yeah. But man, for for people like we we as human people are so divided in so many different ways, including in sports. Like sports is the meaning most meaningless way we are divided in, in to 2023, right? But at the same time, like all of us have looked at opposing fan bases from our rivals and been like, we hate them. Or oh, yeah. some, let's say bad things about it. And now, um, you know, in this in this moment where we are going to have a rivalry week, I just really. I, one, I, I believe strongly with my heart and soul that this is going to be a really good, positive, much needed moment for every single resident in the state of Michigan this week. Uh, and I really, really hope that everybody involved takes it that way. And I think they will. I think so. It, it has been overwhelming support, um, not just from Michigan State side, obviously, but from the Michigan side as well. And it's safe to say um, it goes beyond the rivalry, right? I mean, they had you know, over a thousand at their vigil as well. There's been a lot of green and white go green insignia on their campus as well. There's, there's a movement. Um, I believe I'm not sure how much traction it's getting. It could be a lot, could be a little of, you know, their fans to wear green at Saturday's game. And it's, it's just crazy to see that this is where the rivalry is right now. It's not going to last long. <laughs> I mean, of course not, but like compared to where it was this fall after everything happened after the football game, like that was probably the peak 
toxicity of this rivalry, but at the end of the day, it is meaningless sports, right? So, I mean, and ironically enough, through sports on Saturday, we're going to see another great moment of unification potentially between the two fan bases that, Greg, quite often don't like each other. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're breaking news here, but, uh, and sorry, it might be part of the issue, but, oh, well, that's uh, not not this week, though. Not this week. We're, we're all playing nice this week, so. <laughs> playing nice in our little sandbox here um are you now of course you know hard question to answer and you could punt on this one too but are, are you surprised at all that the game's happening on saturday or was this kind of like yeah that sounds about right when the statement came out on thursday afternoon i'm a little bit surprised to be honest okay. with you um i mean i i when I, I hate that my brain even turned to this in the first yeah. 24 hours after it happening but you know you look at the schedule like Michigan, as a basketball program, needs this game to be played. I'm sure they were going to do everything in their power to play the game. I believe they mm-hmm. are honoring their their 2012-2013 team with Trey Burke and Nick Stauskas. John Beeline will be in the building. So, like, gotcha. they've kind of built this up. Whether or not their season was on the line, uh, like, this was the game of the season for them. And then, obviously, that happens. I, I think um, – yeah, I don't know if it's basketball-specific or I, I – I don't know what Tom Izzo would say about it, to be honest, but um, from the Michigan State student side of me in this, I would have loved to not play this game, to be honest. I mean, um, I just think you give it as much time for those students to heal and those students include those basketball players. It just feels so meaningless. But, hey, listen, that's why I don't get paid the big bucks. And uh, I, I fully expect the Michigan State players to come out inspired. That's for sure. Yeah, tough decision to make and credit to you know both coaching staffs, both players, both student athletes, um, both administrations, everyone involved because not an easy decision to make whatsoever, but they're going through with it. We're going to talk about the game here in a hot second with our guy, Greg, but first I need to talk all your ears off about fan duel sportsbook that's right we're talking the number one sportsbook in america it is the midway point of the nba season and it is all-star weekend coming up saturday and sunday and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, america's number one sportsbook because new customers get that no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's right one thousand smackaroos as they call it no one calls it that uh that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win that's right with a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars if it loses you get bonus bets back up to $1,000. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And best of all, Mr. FanDuel is paying you immediately when you win. So let's say, hey, if you're liking my favorite bet of the weekend, Dame time, Damian Lillard to win a three-point contest at plus 470. That's right. Throw $1,000 on that profit, $4,700, and deposit that or yeah, no, deposit, no, withdraw that immediately. I'll get the language right one of these times. Take the money out immediately. That's right, nail this. Do not miss the chance to get in on the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go on fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And before getting Greg Waddell back on the show, hey, remember Will Hunter? That's right, old friend of the program old co-host of the program, he came up with this great idea on Monday night, 9 p.m. We're going to be doing a live Q&A with Will. He's going to be showing his face and everything. That's right. But we're going to do a mailbag. If you donate to the Spartan Strong Fund, that is givingto.msu.edu slash spartan-strong.cfm. The link will be in the podcast and YouTube description. 
Email that over to LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com or tweet it at me, Sheehan underscore sports, with your question. We're going to read every single question. This could be a one-hour show, a five-hour show. Depending on how many questions we get, it's going to be nuts. So please donate. Show us that you donated. Ask your question. We will answer it. Greg, thank you for sitting through all of that, including the ad read where I couldn't decipher the difference between withdraw and deposit. You could tell which one I've been doing more of on FanDuel, but hey, that's right. It's still fun regardless. Um, last game between the Spartans and the Wolverines. It was ugly. It was objectively a, a, just a terrible game if you were not on the winning side of this one. If you were neutral, bystander, disgusting game to watch, but Michigan State won, all right? However, the last time these teams played at Chrysler Arena, I couldn't even bring myself to look up the score and the box score, but Michigan won by about 85 points. Hunter Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson went for 90 points, 37 rebounds. What of the two games do you expect to see on Saturday? Is this going to be a, all right, Wolverines are in desperation mode. They need need to blow the doors off MSU, or is it going to be another grimy rock fight in this rivalry? I, I think it could be both, to be honest. I think it's going to be a rock fight just because of who the two teams are this year. Um, I think Michigan is absolutely in desperation mode, though, and I think they've been in desperation mode. So the, the conversation at this point is less like, hey, are they going to want to show up? It's more like even if they do want to show up, does it matter? Is there anything they can do at this point? I mean, they yeah. they needed to win at minimum one of the last two at home to Indiana and then on the road against Wisconsin. Both of those, they had their chances to win. Certainly the Indiana game at home, they led for 35 minutes of it, and then they didn't score two points in the final five minutes, and they let a win slip away. Um, at this point, I mean, I I host some bracketology shows, and I've talked to guys who do this for a living, like – uh, they're not even close to the bubble. They need to win four of their last five games and they go on the road to three of the four best teams in the conference still. So yeah, um, yeah. to call, to call it a must win is an understatement for Michigan, but again, they've kind of already shut that door for themselves in the first place. Uh, I think the truth is when you think about the last couple of years and how these two teams have split during the Hunter Dickinson era. Um, and I kind of I lump the Juwan Howard era in with the Hunter Dickinson era because they're just inseparable in my head. Like we're going yeah, on year, year three and this is sort of who these programs are. There hasn't been a road win in this rivalry. Um, I think during that same time from the Michigan State side of things, everyone would agree it has not been the most talented Michigan State rosters. They've still been tough as hell. They've had the identity of an Izzo team, but yeah. these are not teams that have been anywhere close like the one seed line or the Big Ten championship at any point. Um, so when you pair Michigan State's talent has dipped a little bit in that era with I think the last two seasons, Michigan had the more talented team. The results ended up with Michigan wins at home and Michigan State wins at home this year. Michigan State has the better team and arguably the more talented team. Michigan has, you know, some NBA guys on it. But um, the, the problem for Michigan is they, they really have three players. They're fourth, fifth and on to the bench are guys that do not belong in a, a good team's rotation for 30 minutes. And right now they have no choice with that. Uh, and it's really, really killed them. So I would not be surprised uh, if either team wins the game. I would be surprised if there's any great basketball played in the game. <laughs> uh, but I would be more confident saying that Michigan State, if it does go into a rock fight, I think that that bodes well for Michigan State to grind out similarly to the first game this year. I think I've shared this anecdote in the past, but I used to cover high school sports up in the thumb of Michigan. Lovely place, beautiful place, amazing people. With that said, not a bastion for basketball necessarily. So before you know, we'd go out to games, it would be between two teams that aren't that great. My editor would look at me and be like, oh, 
that game will be competitive. Not good. It'll be competitive like that. It might be in store for Saturday. So no offense to anyone in the thumb, especially the basketball players up there. You're still all better than I am at the game. But yeah, nice little anecdote that fits in all too well with this season and this rivalry as of late. But it's almost as if you looked at my uh, my show notes here and because th- that follows right in my next question. Last game. Okay, Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard, Hunter Dickinson, the only guys to score in double figures from Michigan. And no one behind them was necessarily close. Ever since that day in early January, has a fourth emerged? It sounds like the answer is going to be no from you guys. Is that correct? So I I think the answer truly is no. Like, I'd love to sit here and say, hey, they've got a guy who now is a quality starter. Like, that answer is no. They only have three quality players that would play on any NCAA tournament team in this conference. But um, the, the development here has been that Doug McDaniel has gotten a lot more comfortable, and he's been pretty dang good at home. I think okay. when, if I'm remembering correctly, his first, uh, maybe it was his second game as a starter in the Michigan State game. He was still pretty brand new to going from the freshman backup point guard behind Jalen Llewellyn to, oh, Jalen Llewellyn's out for the season. I got to play 35 minutes here now. Uh, they're also, uh, apparently this didn't come out until after the game, so I kind of rolled my eyes at it. But supposedly Doug McDaniel was dehydrated and was in the yeah. hospital the morning of that game. Um, so I think like if, if you're looking for a swing piece to me, it would be, I expect Doug to play a lot better and more comfortable here than he was, uh, in that game where I thought AJ Hogarth and Tyson Walker both were punking him and letting him know about it the entire time he was on the floor. Uh, I don't expect that to happen in Ann Arbor, but, uh, it's still, man, like you're not going to see Doug go out and get like 18 and eight and win them the game. He's just going to be marginally better than he was the first game. Sure. Who scares you the most from the Michigan State side? Because just like Michigan, K3 guys in double figures for you last game, Michigan State as well. They had A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, and also Malik Hall had 15 points. For me, like, look, Malik has had two rough games in a row, but his whole career has been two bad games, one amazing game. Two bad games, one amazing game. Three off days, one, like, I... I think we could be due for Saturday, but does that shake you as much as any other guy? Or is there another one that really scares you the most coming in Saturday? I think this answer might shock some people who have ever listened to me talk Michigan state basketball before, but I, so let me start by saying the four vets are all to me, extremely great players, all quality guys. Uh, I don't think there's any team in the country, honestly, that has four veteran guys who can win a game in four different ways yeah. as consistently as Michigan State does. And that's what that's what makes them dangerous when we get to the NCAA tournament this year. Um, I would say of those four, like Malik Hall is just not healthy to me. I love him when he is. Uh, I think you're right. He definitely has a pattern of like a couple games off and then he explodes. So nothing would shock me if he's great. But I think right now I just don't trust that he's healthy. To me, Joey Hauser and Tyson Walker are this team. Um, They're so damn good. I don't think people realize how good they are. And uh, like I just expect at this point they're going to be in double digits every game. They're both going to be efficient. If one of them isn't, then it really doesn't give Michigan State a lot of margin for error. But these guys have been so consistent. It's so rare that they have bad games. But all that said, the guy that scares me the most is the one I didn't mention yet. And he's also the one of those four players I would say is the worst player in that group. It's A.J. Hogard. Uh, I've I've talked a lot about how I I don't think you can build an elite team. I don't think you can build a championship team around A.J. Hogarth because he's so inconsistent and it's it's boom or bust. His great games, he's the best player on the floor. 
his worst games, Tom Izzo can't trust him and has to take him out because he's throwing the ball into the fifth row. Um, so even if, if Hauser and Walker are the best players who I expect to have great games, the guy who scares me the most is A.J. Hogarth. Because if all of a sudden A.J. Hogarth has six points and three assists by the first media timeout and he's doing the too small signal to Doug McDaniel – that's when I know my team is cooked at Ann Arbor. Yeah. <laughs> Time to turn off the game, see what else is on on Saturday nights, or just go catch a movie for half. I don't know, right. just do what you got to do. Thank you for giving that soundbite, though. I'm going to clip it perfectly where it just has you saying the worst player of those guys is A.J. Hogard and hard stop there. That's <laughs> that's all the chip that we need for A.J. Hogard. That's that's right. perfect. So thank you for reading right. from that cue card. Um, no other context will be added. We won't right. add in all the nice stuff you said. There was no please um so that's great okay we're gonna actually pencil that in as a win for michigan state now um but really if if michigan state were to win this game what happened did they stop hunter where the front or i guess what just scares you more between the front court and the back court for for michigan state i think they contain hunter like i i will say um I, I still like if there's one guy who's going to have a performance that single-handedly wins the game, it's Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. And Hunter has not done that much lately. I've criticized him loudly recently, um, especially like it, I don't know how much you want to get into the off-court stuff, but like this whole. I would love to. I would love to, actually. So, yeah, to so this, take it away. This, <laughs> this joke of him, this it's a complete joke of him coming in a ski mask to the Cole Center. When your team, again, it's the most must-win of any must-win game this yeah. team's had all year, and you're going yeah. with, like, a premeditated shtick you came up with two months earlier for <laughs> vengeance for something from last year, which was also a disappointing season. And then, yeah. like, I, look, man, Hunter had a pretty damn good first half, and he's going back and forth with the students. He didn't score from the field in the second half. Like Problematic. Problematic. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> do, you can't play Christian Leitner – and just disappear for 20 minutes. Like, this team thinks they're the bad boys Pistons, but the yeah. bad boys Pistons were a good basketball team. You can't do that game and be a bad basketball team. So it's just driving me nuts. Like, if we talk about Hunter for this game, again, if Hunter decides to just dominate Mati Sissoko and Jackson yeah. Kohler and double teams, he could have 40 in this game. He's done it. He's pretty much won the two games in his career single-handedly against Michigan State than when they won. But yep. he also – like, you could tell me straight up that he shows up to this game literally, like, in a casket to signify that Michigan's season is back from the dead. And everyone's just like, dude, that's the most distasteful thing ever. What are you doing? Like, would not be good. nothing is off the table for Hunter Dickinson going into yeah. this game. And that's what scares me most as a Michigan fan. It's like, I don't think the dude's even taking this moment or the, uh, from the basketball sense even seriously right now. Like, yeah. I think everybody else in this team knows they're cooked. Hunter somehow is unaware of that fact and is just ready to play his role off the court more than he is on the court. It, it is fascinating. Like, it almost just seems like a detachment from reality. And like I, that might sound very mean and very blunt, but look – the, the ski mask thing, walking into Cole Center with the ski mask, would be, and I hate to say this, objectively amazing. It would go so hard if Michigan was like a top 20 team, had the ball rolling, if he was like this national player that you're candidate. You, even those ardent state fan would have to be like, oh, that's, that's really effing dope. But it's not happening. <laughs> like, you are on life support of the season, and um, we're not going to score a field goal in the second half. Like, if, you, if you're going to do this. You have, to, you have to back it up, or at least know where you are in the season. But 
okay, here, here we are. Um, so, okay, that's fascinating to hear from a Michigan standpoint because obviously we have our opinions on Hunter, and that's good to hear that. Maybe that okay. There's a little upsetting for some of you guys. No, well, you got to remember too. I'm a mutant. Like I think I, I, <laughs> <That's> I, <true. laughs> I am. I'm a Michigan basketball fan through and through. But like even yeah. I am. Like Michigan fans yell at me for my thoughts and opinions on Hunter. But like okay, I don't understand this guy at all. And it's really it's put us interesting in my mouth when watching him because like he he went from. Two years ago, I'm like, I've never seen a big man this good. That includes Mo Wagner. That includes the two weeks of Mitch McGarry where he was – I've never seen a big yeah. man that talented. And then he just hasn't really improved in leadership, in teammate mm-hmm. stuff, in – like nothing has gotten better. Uh, and it's it's just really hard. Like I don't I, – I wish I could almost compare it to like a Michigan State legacy of a player, but like there isn't a player who was so good, so young, and then his teams got so much worse, and it was his team the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's like if Draymond Green just like wasn't a winner, like sure that would be wild, right? Like we can't even picture it. But that's what I feel like. Hunter views his careers if he's Draymond Green, but his team stink. So what do you do? It's kind of I, I, I don't know. Just keep up the the old podcast, uh, the ski mask, <laughs> everything like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll move away from the Hunter conversation. It's just it's fascinating. I'm, I'm legitimately not like angry about anything. I mean, it is just like, it's like watching performance art from afar. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, you mentioned earlier that John Beeline, Trey Burke, Nick Stoskis will be in attendance amongst other guys on Saturday uh, to honor the team back in the day for you guys. Greg, if you could add one of those three that I just named or surprise fourth person, if you want to pick from the rest of the team, who would you add to this year's Michigan team? Or just for Saturday. Yeah, just for Saturday's game. You you get just Saturday's game between these three guys. Are you swapping out the head coaches? Are you getting a point guard on the court finally? Or are you going to get a guy that can hit a three-pointer in the last five minutes of a game when you guys need it? It's a fun question. Uh, I almost I, I, I almost want to go the creative answer and say John Beeline just because yeah. I would love to – like I, I think if John Beeline was coaching this team, they're a dang good basketball team. And I'll leave yep. it at that. We don't need to dive into that. But – the, the only answer, like if, if my goal is just to beat Michigan State, mm-hmm. you throw Trey Burke on this team and you okay. let Trey Burke be Trey Burke. And he's probably just taking A.J. Hogarth's lunch money for 40 minutes. And realistically, like this Michigan team, too, like I said with Doug, they need a point guard. Like if you solved one of the two positions they don't have right now, I don't think anybody's upset with the way Kobe Bufkin or even Hunter or Jed Howard have played this season. Those three, like yeah. two of those guys are going to be in the NBA. One of them's a top 10 scorer in program history. And the team's still not even on the bubble because they just need a point guard so badly. So Trey Burke. All right. Yeah. That, that seems a little easy. Um, I don't Mitch, Mitch McGarry having like two twin tall trees in, in the post to absolutely annihilate Michigan state. Doesn't stir it for you. That's not doing it for you. A, a combined 70 points. It wets my whistle a little, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, but um, Mitch was just so fascinating, man. Like I, I'm gonna name drop here like a giant douchebag, but do it. Uh, Laval, do it. Laval Jordan is one of our Field of 68 hosts who comes on with us, and I've gotten the pleasure of being on a couple episodes with him. And the best part of these episodes is like we all get on 10 minutes before the show and we just shoot the shit. I don't know if I can swear yeah. on the program or not, but like. I, like I am just a pure college basketball fan. Like I have no ties to this industry or this sport whatsoever. I'm just a passionate fan. 
And I'm like on a Zoom call with Laval Jordan, who coached my team during its glory years. And now we're like doing a job together as if it's a project. So like I will get all these tidbits that like are not meant for public consumption. And one day we started talking about Mitch McGarry and uh, Laval just like literally visibly got almost off of his feet and was just like, I'm telling you guys, you don't get this. There's never been a more talented individual on earth at everything than Mitch McGarry. Like they he said they would go bowling like out at they've never been bowling. As yeah. A team. One night they went bowling and Mitch bowled like a 250. And everybody was just like, what's what? How is this happening? It's like you just throw the ball at the pins. It's that easy. It's like Mitch could have been a generational player. And instead, he just wanted to own dispensaries. Like, he, he gave up yeah. $10, $10 million NBA contract to own a series of dispensaries. And I, whether you want to applaud or laugh at that, it's remarkable, my friend. I mean, if you can play to the beat of your own drum and do it that well, you know, more power to you. And I know that everyone gets their jokes off about Mitch. I know that I've gotten many a jokes off. I don't even think I'm done with it. I'm sure I'll get a few off in the future. But, like... To, to be able to be that good at basketball, and I remember he did have this route where he wanted to try pro bowling, and that was kind of laughed at. But, like, no, when you really think about it, like, that's remarkable that you can potentially just be pro in a few different things. So, good, good for him. But, yeah, just go the dispensary route. Insane. Why not? Insane. Get that money. Get that green in both ways. That's right. In money and in the, the Can you sweet, imagine sweet if, if NIL was around when Mitch McGarry was in college? The kid never would have left Michigan. He would have played no. four years. He would have had no. like every single dispensary in the world as an NIL partner. Everyone. Been, I mean, he probably would have failed some more drug tests, but that's okay. That's fine. If, if he's only playing 10 games a season, it, it, make him count. You know what? It, it better be an incredible 10 games. <laughs> no, I love that. And I, or like, you know, you get the sauce Castillo NIL deal going early. Nick Stoskis is there for four years. I, I mean, wait, he was only there for two, right? Or three. He was, was there for two. Nick is uh, – okay. it, it hurt me that I couldn't even consider Nick in your fun hypothetical because Nick oh, – Right, is, I know. He's my favorite Michigan player of all time. Um, but, yeah, yeah, man, he just – I had to apply it to this team. And, like, it, obviously Nick's better, but, like, does Kobe Bufkin – is he that much worse than Nick Stauskas right now? I don't know. Maybe. I, from ba- based on what I saw in the Wisconsin game, I, no. Co- Kobe looked like Kobe. <laughs> in that game lately man it's crazy yeah. i think like i said it maybe like a month ago like as a michigan fan selfishly i hope people don't notice how good kobe's been because the only reason he's not like a bona fide first round draft pick right now is just how bad the team is and i think people help. people have started flying out to watch jet in a couple of these like must win games and they just leave like well kobe buffing's way better than jet he needs gotcha. to be a first round pick so and also, your guy, Boo Booey, has taken a lot of the shine off of a lot of point guards in the conference as well. So that, that's going to knock everyone down a few pegs. I have, I have Boo Booey in my personal top five for, for the draft board. After that's too many Michigan State fans, I'd assume. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's what I've been trying to convince people, dude, is it's not just Michigan State. Like, I, I clearly he's had success against Michigan State, but this yeah. dude's just a killer against everybody. Like, and he also – Boo Booey is the best because his freshman year – uh, at Northwestern, they had a Saturday noon tip game, and I was visiting friends in Chicago, and we were just like out downtown at like one in the morning Central Time the night before on a Friday night. All uh-huh. of a sudden, I see Boo Booey walk in, in just surrounded by girls. Like it was Boo Booey sure. and ten women 
at a Chicago bar probably nine hours before their game tips off the next day. The man's a legend. He went out and had 20 and six the next day as a true freshman. Cemented his legacy in my mind. Did I say top five on my big board? I think I meant top two. And it ain't number two either. Yeah, that's Bonafide number one. Wemben Yama. Who needs him? Scoot Henderson? You scoot yourself out of the lottery. I'm getting boo-boo if I'm an NFL. NFL. Actually, no, NFL GM too. I'll double down on that too. And an NBA GM as well. So, Greg, this has been a blast. What a what a journey we've taken. Start, start, starting off with all the events from this week, moving into the game. And, of course, yeah, boo-boo talk at the end. What what other roadmap were we going to take here today? This, this was the blueprint all along. It was, it was truly cathartic. Can I, uh, before we wrap, can I force you into a prediction in this game, or are you doing that later this week? No, I'm not doing it later this week. I was really hoping no one would ask me, but. I want it. I want it. I want to know where the Spartans are, are headed with this one. I mean, it's I such, just, such a tough game yeah. to predict. Like, what, where are they going to be mentally? It's so hard to predict. Give me uh, 70 to 53. Wow. Don't ask me what team. I'm just going to say <laughs> okay. 70 to 53. It's going to be one way or another. Because right. <laughs> I got, I remember last year, uh, just, just, oh, as desolate of a human can be, just sitting on my floor, just folding laundry, but one article of clothing every minute, just watching Hunter absolutely blitzkrieg us. Um, but man, I, I've also seen your other games this year. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it can go one way or another. So 70 to 53. 70 okay. to 53. How about you? Uh, I, so I think, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to say this and I mean this genuinely, honestly, I don't know that there's ever been a game that, well, there hasn't ever been a game in this rivalry that I've ever wanted or even thought about wanting Michigan state to win. I'd be sure. perfectly okay. If Michigan state wins this game, um, that's why you're the best. I think it should happen. And I, I think it will happen. It might be ugly. I kind of hope it's not ugly. It would be okay with me if Michigan state just came out so inspired and played flawless and you applaud them. I think that the world needs that right now, but uh, for prediction purposes, what was the, was it 59, 53 first yeah. game? Like, yep. You nailed it. Yep. Let's yep. go. Let's call it 62 53. Same game, but one oh. extra Joey Hauser three pointer for you. Look at that. Uh, wow, a Steven Izzo three pointer. That's what I heard in my headset, at least. That, that's what I heard. Wow. Oh, God. That, could you think of a, a better cherry on top of an emotional win? Uh, it's it's going to be emotional regardless of what happens on Saturday. But yeah, a win um, might make the most hardened people uh, shed a few tears on Saturday if it goes down. But hey. Regardless, um, sports are back. It's Saturday. Um, the healing process continues, though, and still will continue. Greg, can I thank you enough, not just for your game breakdown, for everything that we talked about in the first segment? Obviously, went to Michigan State, grew up around there, so great to hear from you. And it's also been great to hear from Sparrins all over, whether it's on Twitter, email, in person, text message. Um, this goes for listeners, non listeners. Love every single one of you, Spartan Nation. You guys are the best. And yes, I'm including Greg, who's a Michigan fan. Love you too, Greg. You're the best. Thank you, everyone. Until then, go green.